Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So here's God's protection of his people as described in, in this verse in Exodus 9:6 of the cattle of the children of Israel not one, that not one speaks of the completeness of God's protection of his people. This, this complete protection of his people was especially seen in, in the history of, of what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as the king had cast them into the fiery furnace, and then they were pulled out. It was so fiery that the, that the men who were responsible for throwing them into the fiery furnace, they died. From, from the fire that came out when the, as, they, as they got close to it. But when they were pulled out, it says in Daniel, 9, uh, Daniel 3.27, Daniel 3.27, it says, the princes, governors, captains, king counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, Neither was, was, were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. I mean, God had protected his three men so thoroughly that there was not a strand of their hair of their head that was singed, and, and there was no change in their coats, and there was no smell of smoke on any of them, and they were observed carefully. They all saw them by this group called the princes, the governors, the captains, and the king counselors. Now, that's a large group of people. That's a large group of people who inspected these God's three men. And how would they know that? How would they know that there's no hair singed on their heads and there's not a single change in their clothing or there's not the slightest scent of smoke on them? I mean, this large group of inspectors, they had to get pretty up close and personal with these fellas. You know, and you can look at every strand of hair. For some of it's a lot easier. But anyway, they were looking there very carefully. And let me look at your clothes. You know, let me... And these three men, these three men must have been passed around like fruit, you know, and closely handled by inspectors. I mean, they were looked over and handled like clothing being examined by women shopping. And when they had finished all their inspection, there was only one conclusion. God had done a hundred percent protection of his three men that were coming out of the fiery furnace. And that speaks of how God so thoroughly protects. And it was that thoroughness of protection that the Lord Jesus spoke of when he was commenting on how completely he made sure that everyone that came to him for protection was not lost. He said that in John 17, 12. John 17, 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Zero. None of them is lost. John 10, 28. John 10, 28. I give unto them 
eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I mean, can't you just imagine? Can't you just imagine seeing the Lord with the believers in his hand and he's looking at his hand and says, yep, there they all are. Not one of them is lost. All here and accounted for. So when God sent the judgment plague, uh, the, ju- the next judgment plague we talk about, when he sent the judgment plague of hail on Egypt that destroyed all the crops, God protected his Jewish people in Exodus 9.24. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail. Very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. Hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, no hail. Was no hail. So God sends it. So, so again, there's God's protection of his people there when he sent the hail. Then he sent another one. He sent another plague. He sent a horrible plague of darkness. The darkness was so bad that during these three days of darkness, no one could see. No one could see. It, the darkness was so bad, no one could move because the darkness was, well, it, may, it makes you shudder to think about it, No, the, a darkness like that, especially when you consider that the Lord said in Matthew eleven twelve, Matthew eleven twelve, that hell is a place called the place of outer darkness, outer darkness. This darkness was so terrible that in Exodus 10, 21, it says that it's a darkness that could be felt right into the bones. It could be felt. And, and even there, God protected his people, as we read in Exodus 10, 22, Exodus 10, 22, Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. So we see how God has protected his people in these plagues in Egypt before the most terrible plague came. The most horrible judgment came in Egypt, which was the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. And here would be the most dramatic and the most profound protection that God would use to shield his, his people. God of Abraham said, praise, my shield and tower, my shield. So God is going to use here, it's going to be the most dramatic, the most profound protection. He's going to shield his people from the judgment plague of the death of the firstborn, first, worst one. The worst of all, and it's going to be the greatest protection of all. This protection, it was different from the other protections that God gave for the other plagues. Because this plague, this protection rather, this protection was different because this protection was not going to be automatic. Like the other ones where they just, you know, all they had to do is just stand there and be Jews and then they were protected. But this one was not going to be that way. This is going to be where, where there's not going to be where the Jewish people have to do anything like in the other plagues, now the Jewish people, now Israel, to be protected from the greatest judgment, they had to do something. And God made it very clear what they had to do in, in Exodus 12.3, Exodus 12.3, when God told Moses, Exodus 12.3, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb. Important words. Every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Then he said in Exodus 12.5, Exodus 12.5, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and 
shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts of the door, of the upper door posts of the house, and the upper door posts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. 12-12, Exodus 12-12, where we just read. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite all the land of Egypt. So with this last plague, it was like God was saying to Israel, for all the other plagues, I protected you, you had to do nothing. But now comes the most terrible plague, the most terrible plague of all, and the protection will not be as the same. Now you will have to do something. It'll be something very important for you to do. You will have to have blood. You will have to have blood to protect you, the blood of a lamb. It was like God was saying, I'm going to judge sin, and I'm going to send this great judgment, this last judgment, uh, on the sin of man. And don't think it's just the Egyptians that have sin that must be judged. You, my Jewish people, also have sin that you are in danger of being judged for. And your only hope is to be protected by blood. It's like, it's, it's like the blood of the land is going to take away your sin so that you won't be judged for your sins. And I'm going to tell you exactly what you should do. Step one, take a lamb. Take a lamb. And so all Israel took lambs. Not just any lambs, the best lambs, the perfect lambs. The ones that they were saying, oh, that one's going to be a great feast. Look at how perfect he is. And at the prescribed time, when Moses gave the signal, all the families killed their lambs. And then all the families collected the blood of their lambs. And all the families took hyssop reeds and dipped the hyssop reeds in the blood of the family lambs. And all the families went to the outside door of their house with the bloody hyssop reeds. And all the families struck, it says you strike, not neatly paint, no, but strike the doorposts and the lintel of the houses with this bloody hyssop. And you can imagine the blood is splattering as they're doing that. It's going all over the place. But by doing that, each family was saying to God, I followed your command. I have also put the blood on the door, just as you said. And God said, God described that, that w w what he did when he, when he judged Egypt in killing the firstborn with the, words, with the words that we saw here, Exodus 12, 12, Exodus 12, 12. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both of man and beast, against all the, the gods of Egypt. I will let judgment, I am the Lord. So God said, I will pass through the land of Egypt. That's what God was doing there. He was passing through, and as he did, he was killing firstborn as he's passing through. But as he's passing through, he says in Exodus 12, 12, because remember, Exodus 12, 12, 12, 13, Exodus 12, 13, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Not through, I will pass over, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So he says, when I see the blood that, that, and, that, and, and that I'll pass over, that shows us God was looking for the blood. 
was looking, can you picture God doing that? Can you picture God coming to every door and saying, when I see the blood, I will pass over. I hope I see the blood on this family door, just like I said. And when he saw the blood on the door, he said, oh, there's the blood. That's good. I was hoping I'd see the blood on that door. Now I'm so glad for that family that I get to pass over that family, and there's going to be no death for that family there tonight. But just imagine when God came to a door that didn't have the blood on it, as God had said it should be done. There was what is described in the Bible, a great mixed multitude that came out. Those would be Egyptians. That would be Egyptians. There was a great mixed multitude that came out of Egypt with the Jewish people. So what do you think they were doing when Moses was doing? They were like, get out of the way, i got to hear this a little better. Yeah? So they were also, the Egyptians, there were many Egyptians in this great mixed multitude who also were putting the blood on the door. So when God, just imagine, God's coming to also an Egyptian door, and he's also, and he's coming to an Egyptian door, and he says, when I see the blood, oh good, I see the blood on the Egyptian door, good, I get to pass over but then he comes to the one that there is no blood, and he comes to that, that, that house, and he said, where's the blood? Where's the blood on this door? I don't see the blood. They're not trusting and believing me. I've got to kill their firstborn. I don't want to kill their firstborn son, but they leave me no choice. There's no blood on the door. The point is, is that every family had to have blood on their doorpost, and if they didn't, death in that house. And when God saw the blood, there was protection for that family. And, and, and God's sword didn't enter into that house because of the blood. It was the blood of protection. It was the blood of protection. God wanted to see the blood on every door of every house. He wanted to see the blood on every door of every Egyptian's house. He wanted, when it says a, a great mixed multitude, he wanted to be a, a, a mixed super multitude. A su- uh, he wanted to see a mixed everybody multitude. Be, 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 because that's what he wanted. Because why do we know that? Because of what God reveals about himself in, in, in 1 Timothy 2.4. 1 Timothy 2.4. This is God who will, 1 Timothy 2.4, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the Lord of, of 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That means God wanted all the Egyptians to have blood on their door. God didn't want any Egyptians to perish, but they had to put the blood on their door. And as God was passing through Egypt, God said, when, he, when I see the blood, I'll pass over, I'll skip over. You're in Israel, and you're flat-footed like I was, and you can't run, and you come to the army, they say, okay, you go in the army, and you go in there, uh, you... Pesach. So you have an exemption. You have an exemption. Well, God's passing through. He's going to pass judgment on everybody, but not on me. I have the exemption. That's, Pes- that's what Passover means. Pesach means exemption. Anyway, so he, sa- he said he's going to pass over that family in Exodus 12.23. Exodus 12.23, he reiterated it. Exodus, Exodus 12.23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel on the two to- side posts, the Lord will pass over that door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto the houses to smite you. There you have in that one verse, Exodus 12, 23, those two phrases. God passing through and God passing over. You know, it's like the destroyer is coming, and God is looking, and he says, oh, I see blood. No, 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 you'll pass over that one. Skip that one. Every family that night experienced either God's passing through 
for judgment, which was death, or God passing over for protection. There was no exception. It was either judgment or protection. Judgment or protection. That house is judgment. That house is protection. That house has no blood. That house has blood. That was God passing through for judgment and God passing through for protection. There was only one difference for the families that God passed through for judgment and the families that God passed over, and that difference was very simply blood, the blood. It was the blood that caused God to pass over the families to spare them from judgment. It was the blood that protected those families for judgment, and that's why we call it the blood of protection, the blood of protection. So when the judgment of God is raining down, it's raining down on Egypt, there was only one effective umbrella to shield from the rain of judgment, and that effective umbrella was the blood of protection. It was the blood of protection. You can call each one of those bloods on the family doors the blood, of the, the umbrella, the umbrella. Now, God made it very clear that everyone in the family with the blood on the doorpost was to stay in the house. Stay in the house. Don't go out of the house. As in Exodus 12, 21, Exodus 12, 21, Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And you can imagine, you can imagine what that was like. We can imagine that. It was like for each family member the next morning as they would shudder and look to themselves, is it okay now? Sure I can open the door? God said we have to wait till the morning. Is it early enough? Is it it safe to go out now? Can I venture out from this house that's been protected by the blood? Is it safe to go out from under the umbrella of of the blood now? You know what they're like? Just like Noah, just like Noah and his family. They were in that ark for 150 days. They were floating on a sea of mass death. And we can imagine how they, uh, when, 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 when when he says, okay, open the door now. Is it safe? Are you sure it's safe to go out now? I mean, and, and, and just like the Jewish people, you know, going out of their houses in Egypt that morning, and they saw death everywhere. And they that night they heard the shrieks of death. You know, it says in in Exodus twelve thirty, Exodus twelve thirty, Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And as they saw death all around and heard the cries of all this death, mourning for the death, the Jewish people knew that we've been protected. We've been protected by this horrible death. And can't you just picture the they're turning to each other and, and they're hearing the cries of the firstborn and they, and they turn to the firstborn and they say, you okay? You all right? They'd say, yeah, I'm fine. And, 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 and they would wonder, death everywhere, why not here? Why didn't it come to our house? Why not here? Why is there no death of the firstborn here? And that's when they would all turn and look, to the, look at themselves and say, the blood the blood. So you can imagine, they're outside the house now. They're, they're looking at the firstborn. They're seeing all this evidence of all the death of the firstborn there. And they're saying, and they're looking at, they're looking at each other and say, why not, why not here? And they look at the firstborn. Why not you? And then they all look together at the blood that's still fresh on the doorpost. And they say, that's why. Because of the blood. Because of the blood that protected us from God's judgment. 
That's what the blood of the Lord Jesus does for us. It protects us from God's judgment. From the time we have the blood of the Lord Jesus, we have protection from the wrath of God. And so we can add this to the list. We can now put this on the list of the accomplishments of the blood of the Lord Jesus. Protection, protection. The blood of the Lord Jesus protects us from God's judgment. Very simply like this. No blood, no protection. Because no blood, no Passover. That's the lesson here. No blood, no Passover. We sing the song, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We should add to that. What can, what can protect me from judgment? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. In fact, we should put all the 13 stanzas together now. You know, we should say, what can remove all my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22. What can redeem my soul from hell? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. First Peter 1.18. What can cover all my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Leviticus 17.11. What can reconcile me to God? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 2.13. What can cleanse away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. First John 1.17. What can give me peace with God? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Colossians 1.20. What can justify me to God? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Romans 5.9. What can make my robe so white? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Revelation 7.14. What can sanctify me to God? Nothing but the Hebrew blood of Jesus. Hebrews 13.12. What can make me overcome? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12.11. What can give me boldness with God? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 19. What can give me a covenant? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 19. And now, what can give me protection? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Exodus 12, 13. Oh, precious is the flow that removes all my sin, redeems me, covers me, reconciles me. (laughs) cleanses me, gives me peace, justifies me, makes me white, makes my robes white, sanctifies me, makes me overcome, gives me boldness, gives me a covenant, protects me. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Thank you tonight we've seen how it protects us. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. 
You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources, Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at reachisrael.com. That's reachisrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 